I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Right. New recording. Hello, everyone. <laughs> oh. Oh, sorry. Oh, I didn't shit. know we'd started. Well, we, yeah, we can cut that bit out. Um, Hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Stalking Time of the Moon, boys. Uh, we're doing another... On the road. And yeah. for regular listeners know we did this a couple of podcasts ago. Because we got such positive feedback, didn't we? Yeah, everyone loved it. Um, <laughs> and so we're off again on the road. We're going to the same place. Yeah, we're going to Suffolk. Suffolk, where Tim's got a house. Let's just straightforwardly yeah. say that. I think we said it before. We said so it before. We've got a loyal um, fan base. We've, just, we're stop- we've stopped at a service station. I should make it clear that if anyone's interested in sort of creating narrative jeopardy, that we're, it's a race against time. Because Tim's got a wardrobe coming yeah. at twelve uh, fifteen, it's now presently about ten forty-seven. Mm. We're still quite a long way from there, and the guy's just rung. He's from Dreams, the wardrobe company. Yeah. There was a bit of confusion because his name is David. Uh, so when he called, he couldn't hear him quite clearly. He seemed to be saying, saying something about David, and given who we are, that could have been me or it could have been Bowie. Right, uh, I didn't think about that because I was a bit struck by the fact he he said. It's David, and you kept saying me as if there's only one David in the world. <laughs> well, that's how I feel. And, uh, it was pretty obvious it wasn't you calling because you were sitting next to me. Yeah, and it's pretty obvious um, it wasn't David have you calling. I've gone completely the wrong way. <laughs> so what you've talk. done I'm, I'm, is you. What I love about that is you're driving towards <laughs> the sort of bit of a service station where there are places you could stay, which like are yeah, always the most spe- depressing places I in the we world. Spend the night in the Premier Inn. <laughs> in the Premier Inn. Um, in, 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 yeah. Somewhere in Essex at the moment. Okay. No, um, we're not going to do that. I can't but, find the but way out. Now we're in the HGV section. So as you say. There is jeopardy because the guy from Dreams, yeah. who uh, potentially our next sponsorship deal after McDonald's, um, yeah. is basically they had an order cancelled. Right. They're coming earlier. Okay, than, you're going to tell this whole story. Yeah, you you just told earlier, it to me and it was too boring for thought, words. And, and he's basically said, the long and the short of it, he said, if we're not there by 1.30, he will go. Yeah, but when you just leave your wardrobe in your garden? No, no, they don't do that. They have to... Get it into the house. I don't okay, know. I think the works. thing you don't want to do is get stuck driving around a service <laughs> station. No, we're out. We're we're out now. We're out now. But and the other ha- thing I'm going to tell mm. you, listeners, which you know, it's a little bit gross if you're listening this early in the morning, oh, but we God, really stopped. That, we stopped because I needed to do a poo. Yeah. Um, and I think what was really interesting about that is that really uh, we've also got to. with us Chip, Tim's new puppy, mm. who's replaced the sadly uh, now gone Ace, mm. Tim's previous dog. Uh, he's with us in the back. And so Tim had to stop for two people, essentially, to poo. Yeah. The other race of Jeopardy was who would poo first, Chip or you. <laughs> yeah. And it was a tie. <laughs> was it? Yeah. Okay. It was a tie. Yeah. How do we know that? 
Well, I don't know to the second, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But you both feeling you both seem a lot happier. Yeah, definitely. Chip's yourselves. happier. I'm happier. <coughs> yeah. And, uh, have you got cough? I've or got you cough, just coughing yeah. with disgust no, no, at I've the got talk cough. of poo. It reminds me that my friend Piers, who we've mentioned, oh, you mentioned times, it. No, it's only always that with Piers. When I said you both feel a bit happier now. I don't know if I've said this before, it's a small thing, but it sort of haunted us for the rest of our... In the lower sixth form... Oh, Jesus. Oh, someone nearly banged into me. In You're the not low, going to Colchester oh, and Ipswich? Yeah, sorry, I'm on the wrong way. Oh, the dreams thing is going. Your dream is I'm fading. upping the jeopardy, because the truth is... Okay, this is a red light. There Fucking hell. There isn't much jeopardy, because we're going to be there an hour before the dreams, guys. So <laughs> I think by don't getting, ruin the jeopardy. By getting lost, I might help them. The, Mrs. Bateman... Who yeah, that's our, a green light now. You know Mrs. that means Mrs. Bateman, who is our art teacher... Yeah. Wrote a school report for Piers because I think she was head of lower six or something. Yeah. Saying all the usual things. And then said in the thing, in the report, the good thing is you seem much happier now. Right. And I remember Piers and always saying, like, what? Because at no point did I, like, was I unhappy before? And it right. was, it dogged us for a long time to this point where even today, if we're exchanging messages, I might say, by the way, you seem much happier now. Right, right. It's a sort of yeah. horrible thing to be told, right. isn't it? If you didn't feel... It's a disconcerting thing to be told. think the need to do a poo-dogged chip. Possibly. I don't yeah. think... Uh, that's a bit I don't, of a stretch. Yeah, I don't think dogs, despite that... So there's something I'm going to bring up, though, yeah. which is going to tie this together absolutely brilliantly. Yeah. Uh, now that we are talking about... Um, right, we're on, well, I found the road now. ...pooing, which <laughs> is... I can play it to you when we get there. I'll be too difficult to find in the car. Oh, right. I'm going to play it to you, which is I found a clip of Bowie that I've never seen before uh, in 1979 where he seems to be just on the street talking to someone. Okay. Uh, and that person asked him what he thinks of punk rock oh, and wow. New Wave yeah. and stuff like that. And Bowie, without even stopping to think about it, just says, I think it was a very needed enema. I listened to it about four times to, what? to check that's what he said. I think it was a very needed or necessary enema. Okay. And I assume what he means is for music. Yes. That music was bunged up yeah. by sort of overblown... ELP. Yeah, ELP and whatever, yes. soft rock. Yeah. Uh, and that in his mind, these represent constipation. Yeah. Because that's what an enema clears yeah. out, right? Yeah, yeah, right. And, and punk was a jet of water... Yeah. Up the arse of music yeah. right. that flushed all that stuff out. But it's an interesting thing. He doesn't even stop to think. It's like, this is what I'm going to say. Is that it was a very needed enema. Because, funnily enough, I saw a clip on TikTok yesterday of Keith Richards being asked what he thought about punk. Oh, really? Yeah, like the same question, I suppose. And partly it's a tribute to what punk not a trip you know like it was so huge wasn't it it's hard to remember yeah. that. I mean I don't remember but you're not asked um, you know hey what David Bowie what do you think about funk or something or electric it was just it, no other musical form has created that sense right? probably was asked what he thought about funk when he did Young Americans yeah that's true actually <laughs> and he thought yeah I'll do a whole album it. yeah, yeah. I, it's really easy though yeah. it's, I can it's just it. a groove so, um, is Young Americans any good? I can never work it out. I do love it. I prefer the Gooster. I think we've discussed this. And is it the yeah. Gooster or the Gouster? It's the Gouster. Have we done a whole episode about it? It's the Gouster or the Gooster? <laughs> we did. Yeah. We did a whole episode about a vowel being yeah. slightly changed. But Keith Richards says, oh yeah, there's basically does that version, which is not as clever as Bowie, because Bowie does the right thing by embracing it, saying, yeah, it's kind of cool, but I just wish they'd spend a bit more time on their musicianship. Oh, no, that's, which is exactly the wrong thing. Not understanding it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly the wrong thing to say. So um, yeah, well, I think Keith is a bit more. I mean, like, I, 
it seems a bit late this, but I didn't know you then. Yeah. But I'm going to ask you, what do you think about punk, David? <laughs> I think it was a very needed enema. Oh, good. Uh, as was what just happened at the service station. Yeah. It'd be, the worst thing would be it, it's a very unneeded, unwanted enema. Yeah, that, that would be bad. That would, oh, it was, it God, was a, an worst. enema I really didn't want to have, <laughs> but it was kind of forced on me. Yeah, that's yeah. no good. Well, yeah. Although, actually, uh, one thing I was thinking as I sat on the toilet... Oh, my God. ...is in my office, which we've been in, I think our last uh, <laughs> podcast was recorded yeah. in my office... I have a Japanese toilet, uh, which, as you know, okay. is a toilet that squirts water like yeah, an yeah. enema, rather than having to use toilet paper. Yeah. And when you start using them, you do think, well, toilet paper is disgusting, and what a terrible way of dealing with it. Environmentally terrible, yes. clearly not as good for your anus as water. Right. So that is now what I always think in well, a normal toilet. It's ruined me for... Yeah, no... Funny enough, I think, I don't know if we've talked about it, but I went to Japan, yeah. spent some time in Old Kyoto. I literally spent some time in Old Kyoto, which yeah. is a Bowie lyric. Uh, okay, um, yeah, I've spent some time in Old Kyoto too. And there are, as listeners may know, toilets everywhere in Japan. The, like, literally it's everywhere. The, it's by far the best country in the world for toilet provision. Incredible. It's like, it, it, you're gonna, like if you're caught short in Japan, it's going to be fine. Well... There'll be one round the corner. Do you know there is no Japanese phrase for cork short? <laughs> um, I don't know if that's true or not. It's the sort of thing that people say. And, but they wouldn't use it because you're not. Yeah, you're just not. What do you call short? I know, it's an odd phrase. It's an odd phrase, caught short. Short it doesn't, of, yeah. Yeah. Entirely. Cool. Anyway, because you can't, because I remember one morning getting the metro yeah. to wherever... Uh, well, exactly wherever, because you can't understand, you know, it's quite You don't know hard. where you're going. You, you never know where you're yeah. going. So yeah, it's very good for toilets, not so good with English no, no, signage. You, yeah. Very bad it's, for English signage. So we're doing our lucky dip of let's go somewhere, and I thought, oh, I need the loo in a metro station, which is just bad news, right? And then well, it's not I, bad news in Japan. No, I looked around and there was... Not only yeah. will it be a lot of toilets, <laughs> they'll be spotless. They were absolutely spotless. There was, it was there. It was, and then as again, you probably know, they uh, not just squirt water, and and there's lots of angles you can have water squirted, and yeah, all of that. They also, if you want, play music. Yeah, the so most extraordinary the thing, although someone's yeah. going to tell me this doesn't just exist in Japan, but the most extraordinary thing is they have braille outside. Have you seen that? I mean, not all of them, but some on, of them do. So the for loops. blind people, okay, they'll have a uh, sort of raised embossed drawing yes. of the toilet yes. outside that you can feel and so that you know if you're blind where the cubicles wow. are I mean that's unbelievable and brilliant no no brilliant. That, that, that is that is exceptional I didn't get that it was braille until someone explained to me and I spent a lot of time saying wow why have they got a drawing of the toilet outside the toilet how wow. hilarious but in fact it's not hilarious There's it's a very funny about it at all. it's a very very good and useful <laughs> provision um so anyway, the question you asked me was, what did I think of punk? Yeah. At the time, I really loved it, and actually still like it a lot. Like, I listened to London's Calling, the whole album recently. Okay, just can I just stop you there? Brilliant. Now London's you're Calling's falling into that album. thing, what? which adverts I, do. Of I, like, I haven't finished what I'm going to say, but yes, okay. Yeah, of making punk like the undertones, and even the clash. Oh, no, you think, I think well, punk, the clash were punk? I think punk is six months, isn't it? Hardcore punk, I suppose. But yeah, by the time you got to London Calling, well, you could say that's not punk anymore, partly because it is quite a complex album musically and all the rest of it. But they still grew out of an incredibly punk band of Clash's first album. No, no, definitely you can see the join the dots. But I only have that thing where 
people will say slightly the Americanization of punk that anything with guitars around that time like for example Mick Jones was into I saw another interview and Mick Jones was interviewed and they talked about the clash being huge and what was that like to be a sort of global phenomenon and he said oh it's it's kind of funny because we don't even we can't even play our instruments you think yes, yes you can yeah, you totally like can. it's so complicated the clash yeah. and that's why I never really liked it I thought it was a bit too clever um, well you you now situating yourself as like a hardcore punk <laughs> You're like, ah, oh, they, nah, they got like five chords. Fuck them. That's what you were. Well, what, would I do it in that accent? Just because we're talking about punk. Well, if you're someone who thinks the Clash are too musically complicated, I'm not sure you could do it in any other accent. Well, saying that really? in a posh accent sounds stupid. Right. Okay. Well, I. Oh bloody hell! Now look, they've done a G. <laughs> <laughs> that seems unlikely. I am definitely more Sex Pistols than I am Clash. Clash is one album, really. Yeah, no, that's but that was the point, wasn't it? It was one moment, and you do maybe one of the definitely top ten albums of all time, and that's it. Right. And you're done. Okay, I don't know if I completely agree with that. Um, Have you seen there's an adult store here? Yeah, that's amazing. The interesting thing is, as you, as you I drive, think I've seen it before. Yeah, drive to Suffolk, there's an yeah, adult, adult superstore. I know, yeah. that seems odd. That seems <laughs> odd. Really like, weird. Like, how much footfall, carfall, yeah. must they get? How many people just drive you to Suffolk think, oh, yeah, I'll stop for a... I know. What is it as well? Like, I don't understand I don't that. There's, there's one of those on the North Circular. Is there? Okay. And I just always think, who is going to sex shops anymore? Yeah. When I believe the internet has quite a lot of that on it. Yeah. No, like, it's, it's, it's completely baffling. And there's well, never I guess any... it's toys as well. Right. Shall we stop and see? I don't want to stop and see. Okay. I think that would be bad. Yeah, also, you'd have to do a U-turn and to go back dreams, to it now. Which would be, oh, God, yeah. the dream's jeopardy. The dream's I'm so yeah. sorry, David, but we had to stop for a dildo <laughs> on the way. That, he's never going to take that, is he? So. I am worried. I mean, so it says we'll be there at 12.17. Okay, so that's, that is jeopardy because you told him 12.15. So we're already two minutes late. Yeah. And David, David will be in your garden thinking, okay... This is not my dream. I'm no. going to leave this wardrobe. I think David wants... Do we have to carry the wardrobe in? No, so the idea is, is that... It, is it flat-packed? No, it's whatever, the three-dimensional, whatever the non-flat-packed version of a thing is. Built already? Yeah, it exists. <laughs> yeah. And he will carry it up to the bedroom. Okay. And I, we've sort of paid for that and everything. Right. But I know that... I mean, maybe misjudging, but I know that having paid for that service it's one of those things that even if you pay for whether it's John Lewis it doesn't matter who it is to, to take the thing up to where you're having it however much you pay it's still an annoying job for someone isn't it yeah, yeah. so there will definitely be a bit of well, like okay oh, so oh, I don't right, sure we should record this because it's so boring but what I've found <laughs> I've stopped is stopped us before what I've found is it is <laughs> almost impossible if you want something delivered to your house to understand whether they will actually deliver it in right. terms of taking it up or downstairs yeah. It's like, well, well our fridge often. is downstairs. Oh God, we, this is so Isn't boring. Isn't there a thing that you pay? Is, No, our fridge is downstairs, right. and we had to get a new one at one point. And I just could not work out right. if any company would actually deliver it and carry it downstairs. It wasn't a flat pack, though. Not a flat pack really fridge. Annoying. Anyway, can I just say something else? So I did like punk, and I remember listening to John Peel at a time when he was the only person playing God Save the Queen. Oh, I yeah. stayed up till midnight or whatever to listen to him play that right. and it was all very exciting and I tried to um, spike my hair but didn't know how to do it I uh, didn't know what backcombing was Yeah. so I basically just put my mum's silver crin on it and it looked terrible yeah, okay. I had a t-shirt that I ripped myself 
uh, ripped it off right. and put safety pins in it. It looked at utter shit and all the rest of it. And then, unfortunately, a friend of mine, David Gavrin of the Sundays, introduced me to Genesis at okay. exactly the time yeah, yeah. when the rest of the country hated Genesis, hated prog rock, and they were the least fashionable band in the world. And I thought, I really like this. Yes. Shit. That was a problem. I didn't stop liking punk, uh, but I started to like pr- progressive rock and Genesis a lot. And so that was a problem for me at the time. That is... Um, no, so you're going... I'm sure we've discussed this. Well, I mean, we've discussed it, your Genesis, obviously the love of Genesis. Yeah. I didn't realise it came in at that... Yeah, 1976, point. I would say. Wow. Is when David Gavrin played me Wind and Wuthering. And I thought, <laughs> oh dear, I really like this. That's a problem. Well, you, what you'd but say, it shows how kind of Catholic, if you like. Yeah, you, you can like I both. Am. I can you, like what both. What you're saying is you yeah. like both, yeah. right? Yeah. No, I, I get that. I've actually met recently. And also, can I just tell you one yeah. other thing? So people think of punk as like utterly the other end of the spectrum from prog rock. Yeah. But do you know, let's see if you can guess, uh. who one of the main people who Johnny Rotten said he built his stage persona on? Oh. See if you can guess. Well, okay. I think I've I, given you a clue. Yeah, I think it's gonna. I think what you're gonna say is Peter Gabriel. No. Oh, okay. Don't. I'm okay. Not. Wait a minute. It's not as obvious in terms of what I've just said okay. as that. Um, it's gonna be a prog figure. Yeah, it's a prog figure. Well, of course, I don't really know. I mean, what other prog? You figures? do. You, you know Roger who this Waters. is. No. Um, it's a stage persona. Stage persona. Rather than oh, like musical. So it's quite theatrical. Yes. Well, it's not. Sorry, it's not Bowie. No, 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 it is a prog figure, which Bowie is Well, how many other prog things are there? You're not going to get it, are you? I don't. Can you give me the change? band? Because that would help well, No, you. well, then that's pointless that I'm just telling you. Go on, then. It's Ian Anderson of Jethro Tull. Oh, oh, really? Because of the way that Ian Anderson sort of stood, the way right. that he sort of sneered at the audience, which he did, uh, his whole kind of like slightly right. sort of mad, antic way of performing. Yeah. And if you look at them, you can see it. Um, okay, that's but obviously one is pretending to be a sort of medieval court jester yes. and the other one is Johnny Rotten yeah yeah yeah. That, that that is an odd thing I mean I was talking to my son about Johnny Rotten who he quite liked he likes listening to the sex Boys. he's 14 and it's still right. quite exciting to him and then showing him what he's like now and there's no way around that you know you do get older and so on and so forth but whether yeah, although it's a continuum with John Lydon I think it's all like obviously when he was young it was cool Yes. To be sort of sneery and like, I'm going to just sort of hate everything and, yes. and be superior and supercilious about everything. It kind of was cool and now it's not. But it's exactly the same attitude. Also, he's become right wing and conservative and whatever. But again, even that doesn't feel like that different in a way. I don't understand why people think the butter advert is a big moment because that seems to be entirely well, consistent. Yeah. Well, it's with... actually entirely consistent with them doing things like signing to big record but... labels and. But didn't he do say things like have you, do you ever feel you've been swindled and all that cheated. stuff cheated the only thing is with the butter advert am I right in remembering this because we're in the car we can't really the only slightly annoying thing is they made a nod to his punkness in the advert did they and it's, I don't think it's the only slightly annoying thing my <laughs> sense is that the butter advert was annoying but he, it was something like it wasn't this I mean he's annoying it was something like They've up this buttery shit. It's like a bit. It wasn't that, but it was like there's something about he's still punk. Yeah. And that I suppose. Yeah. That that was what was annoying about it, not the fact that he advertised butter. Yeah. Well, he was on, he was on fantasy football when it was live. Okay. Uh, on ITV in 1998, I think, and he just we had to throw him off at half time because 
having been very nice, and he's, when I've met him before, he's been very nice, but the minute the cameras were on, he was like swearing and then throwing right. lit cigarettes oh, at, the, at the audience. Yeah. And just generally, yeah. I remember Frank saying, let's go to a break and get rid of Johnny. I thought, right. That is it was really hard to get rid of him. He had to be basically physically taken out of the, out of the audience. It was I think around that time, like what I mean is like 1970, so I was 10 in 97. Okay, so maybe 1975. Yeah. That wasn't when that happened, that was 2000. No, like I understand that. I, think. I understand that. But punk is, and maybe I've said this before, but I got thrown out of my music lesson. Right. No, school assembly, that's what it was. I got thrown out, not thrown out, so it wasn't bouncers, but it was just like, I had to leave school assembly because the teacher had, was playing some classical music and held up a picture of the album cover. Yeah. And it had presumably Mozart or Beethoven yeah. on the front, picture of them, and, that, and said to us all, who is this? And this sort of dates it because, like I say, 1975, something like that, I would have been like eight or something. I shouted out the ultimate act of some rebellion and I said Mick Jagger. <laughs> when was this? 1978? No, it would have been like I was like 75 or something. Oh, right, so you couldn't have shouted Johnny Rock. No, no, it's before punk. Although, right. in a way, maybe I was one of the first punks by doing that. No, think? no, because you know. Because Mick Jagger is not punky. No, it's a funny thing to choose, but that was the most outrageous thing I could think of. Right. To choose right. was Mick Jagger, yeah. who by then was going around nightclubs and just marrying Bianca Jagger. Yeah. Was quite a That's, and I could see that. Also, I got asked to leave for saying that. But the thing is, I mean, I've not intended to record this much, but you told me the other day, because <laughs> I didn't realise you were quite <laughs> such a sort of lord of misrule at school, because you told me the other day that at school... You also were supposed to be listening to a cassette, I think, of Chaucer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was it a cassette? Yes. Uh, of Chaucer, The Miller's Tale, perhaps. No, it was The Knight's Tale. The Knight's Tale. And you'd replaced it with the theme tune of Animal Magic by Johnny Morris. Correct. Which, for anyone who doesn't know, younger listeners, which we don't have, but if you do, is, of course, that. How did you do that? That's quite most a big... Import, most importantly, it has that wah-wah guitar, which sort of weird. I mean, that's Basically, quite an elaborate. This, I can tell you exactly. Joke. I can date this more because we were in the. Fourth I'm not surprised year. by now you weren't expelled. Mick Jagger, <laughs> then the Animal Magic incident. This is years later. I think. Okay. I don't think it was a pattern of behaviour. I think. Okay. So this is in 1983. Oh, okay. So, so you'd left the bad behaviour for four years. Yeah. No. No. I. I. I was doing O levels by that point, otherwise right. known as GCSEs, and we're doing the Knight's Tale for English O level, the run up to English O level. With featuring, as you probably know, Arcite and Palamoon. I've never forgotten that, those okay, two. Okay, I have forgotten that. Fine. To the extent now, without even thinking about it, if someone mentions Marmite, or yeah. I see Marmite, I think Marmite. <laughs> I, that's what it triggers. But one of them is not called Marmite. No, it's called Arcite, yeah. and that's spelled A R C I T E. Right. And in my mind. Right. In yeah. fact, what I do sometimes, and nobody pays any attention to this at home at all, nobody comments on it. Right. But if someone says, we're talking about toast, I will say, would anyone like marmite and palamoon? <laughs> nobody says anything. I'm, I'm not surprised no one says anything, because they must <laughs> all think, say? they must what think that's the most dadness yeah, thing no, to it's, do. Yeah, it's fair, but it's... I mean, actually, if you didn't know the background, forgetting about palamoon, whatever his name is, uh, saying... Palamoon. Palamoon. Saying, Palamon, is it? saying, would anyone like some marmite? It's just like such a sort of dad. <laughs> no, thing no, to I say. get it. I get it. What they don't know is underneath it. There's yes, there's, there's, there's a whole literary yeah. backdrop to so that. So I think it's Arcite and Palamon, 
Palamoon, Palamon, Anyway, point is, how did you do the so Mr. Giddens, the now legendary switch of yeah. the of the Chaucer Mis- tape for Animal Magic? Mr. Giddens was our English teacher. He's yeah. a brilliant man. Turned me on to Dickens and all sorts. If I was like standing for Prime Minister and I did one of those adverts about meeting your old teacher, it would be him. Right. I would say Mr. Giddens changed everything. Right. And um, uh, we were going to listen to a cassette of the Knight's Tale. By the way, again. My friend Piers, who was oh, in this class, yeah. used to live in a place in Sussex, you can look it up, called Adversane. It's right. a little hamlet okay. in Biddings, it's called Adversane. And I remember Mr Giddens, after a school rehearsal, because he took drama as well as English, yeah. saying, I can give you lift back, where are you again? And he said, Adversane. Yeah. And Mr. Giddens said, I can take you to Aladdin Sane, no problem. Oh. It was a Bowie reference, really, wow. which we loved. It's like, wow. wow. Yeah. Okay, because I really thought when you went for this digression, don't go for this digression, Tim, because it won't, it won't, we'll probably edit this sure. out. But now, no, because it's one of the quite few Bowie references yeah. that we ever get into this podcast, we'll have to keep it. No, he said Aladdin Sane rather than Aversane. Wow. It was brilliant. It was like, wow, what a teacher. Anyway, he put the cassette into the sort of boombox type, thing, you know, one yeah. of those big double cassette recorders. Yeah. And then um, he went out the room, I don't know, to do something. Yeah. And we'd been waiting for our moment. Well, had you you'd got one ready? Yeah, so Simon Cade, who I've never mentioned before, I don't think. No. Was one of our mates. And he had recorded Animal Magic on a tape. We'd obviously planned this. Right, wow. Waiting for our moment. Mr. Giddens walked out the room, yeah. or maybe went to the storeroom cupboard. Do you remember there was a storeroom yeah. cupboard in B24? Oh, yeah, of lessons. course. Yeah. Yeah. And he went into the cupboard, and Simon switched it. Right. So you didn't actually do the switch? No, it was Simon. Because when you originally texted me about this, you definitely claimed responsibility. Oh, well, it was, you know, look, I mean... I, 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 I might have to call Simon Caden. <laughs> it was... You know, Tim was saying he did this. There were three of us. Okay, it was like a gunfather plot. Yeah, so we all... But you're not Guy Fawkes, you're like Catesby. Very good, good knowledge, yes, that's right. Um, and it went in and played perfectly. It was just a perfect moment. Instead of... So he came back, Mr... It, Giddens, came back put, press and said, play. right, everyone, now The Night's Tale by Chaucer. Pressed it. Da, 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 da. Yeah. How long wow. did it, that play before he uh, said, this this thought, this music's not what I expected? I think it was quite quick. I expected something medieval. <laughs> I think it was quite quick. And I think, because he was quite... I don't think it quite had the effect... I mean, it, you know, he was, a, he was a good... I don't think it sort of created mayhem. So he didn't say, right, who's done this? No, he wasn't. No one is leaving. No one Mr. goes home. No, he wasn't Mr. Walsh. Okay. He was Mr. Giddens. Yeah. And so um, it felt more the act of doing it felt like a plan that had come together rather than... We weren't trying yeah. to upset him or anything. Did you get big laughs? Uh, I think it probably wasn't as good as we thought. <laughs> it probably got sort of, oh, right, they put the tape in and... Yeah, we would have probably, seen... And the, the, the other kids would have seen it happen. ...done it and they're like, why are you bothering? It's like a long yeah. list of things throughout my life, yeah. probably yours, where you think, that was funny, wasn't it? People going, no, sort of. <laughs> about like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what did I find slightly odd about it, yeah. in terms of it being a heist kind of thing that you've planned for a long time, yeah. is it totally relied on Mr. Giddens going to the store well, cupboard? And how did you know he was going to no, do I that? No, I don't think it totally relied on it. I think what we knew was we had the tape, we were going to swap it. We knew that it would be, to us, funny that instead of Chaucerian yeah. medieval English, it would be pre-Johnny Morris. Actually. Um, and we obviously got quite obsessed about the theme tune and, yeah. the, and the sound of it. And we were just waiting for our moment. And I think... So you'd had that, 
you know, any minute. Maybe maybe there'd been like a number of uh, plagues of Chaucer and he'd not gone to the store cupboard. Now he's going to the store it's cupboard. It's a good question. Quickly, yeah. quickly, Simon. I suspect that we hadn't thought through exactly how we'd do it, but that we thought there'd be a moment. And right. Whether it was the first playing of it, it can't have been. Yeah, we probably knew. We must have known, that's right. That so be... after it had got the not great reaction, um, <laughs> it was a sort of it. weird moment where Mr. Giddens, who's a cool teacher, says a lad insane, said, ah, oh, that's funny. Yeah, anyway, sorry, can someone get this cassette? Yeah, and, I, and, and can we listen to Chaucer now? My memory of it is it. <laughs> was more defined by the sort of slight kerfuffle and organisation of can we take the tape out and put the other one yeah, in yeah exactly than it was and then you just had to sit down and listen w- to Chaucer it was a sort of comic it wasn't the birth of punk <laughs> I don't think I think it was more administrative than that yeah and required more practical sorting okay. out I'm now going to stop That's all. Okay, so those of you who are interested in the exciting jeopardy of Tim arriving in time for dreams, we've just had a call, which sadly I didn't record. He's really cross. He's I mean, to be fair to Tim, it is now 12.23, and he said to the man, we'll be there about 12.15, and the man said, fine. He's now saying, I've been here for an hour, in a really cross voice. Yeah, I said... Uh, in fact, what he said is, which is worse, I've been here for an hour, but it doesn't matter. And it clearly does. The, dream, he, he the said, dreams how, man is cross. How long are you going to be? This is the call we've just taken. I'm still sh- still processing it. How long are you going to be? And I gave the best news I think you can give anyone, which is I said one minute, because we are literally yes. one minute away from the house. Yeah. And instead of saying great, he said, yeah, I've been waiting here an hour. Yeah, he did say that. And by the way, just for anyone who's worried, he said... I've had a delivery cancelled, so I'm going to be early. So it's not your fault anyway. You can't you can't help no, that. It's definitely it, he, it's really important to the listeners who will be transfixed by every detail of this. Yeah. That we were always due a delivery at one o'clock, yeah. which is an hour. So from it's now twelve twenty-five. So Tim is early. And you know Dreams, what? man. And you know what? He's not yeah. dreamy. He's <laughs> really not what? dreamy. There's the van. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what? I'm um, not going to say anything. No. In case he recognises me. Yeah. And thinks, oh fucking oh, that cunt. Yeah, that's typical, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Um, right, here we go. We're about there he is. Oh he looks he's got a face like a wet oh, yes. weekend. Like thunder. Okay. Okay. Good luck everyone. Yeah. Is that actually recording? Yeah. So uh, the dreams men have now gone. That was stressful. And, yeah, and there's something I need to say about yeah. it, which I think was obvious to, to everyone, which is they definitely thought we were a gay couple. Oh, which okay. is totally fine. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've got no, no, I've got no issues right. with that. Yeah. And, and, you know, a younger when I was a younger man, yeah. I might have thought I need to mention my wife. Well, right. I didn't, felt no need. No, I no, think, well, I think not. that's totally fine. I see but saying, I tell yeah. you what really didn't help with that. Chip. <laughs> right. The fact that I was holding your, your dog, dog right. and it's a pug. Right. right. Uh, it made definitely... I it mean, we could not have looked, from their, their point of view, right. two burly men who were quite, you know, been waiting here for a while. You know, they clearly thought, they've come up from London. And I think they also clinched differently. It was a brilliant moment where when the guy left, he said, enjoy your new house. Sort of yes, to both he did. of us. Yeah, yeah. I felt he was saying that to both of us. Okay, yeah. 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 Okay, so I had a slightly different take. Yeah. I'm surprised you all... couldn't see that. I got a real no, sense. No, no, that's a good point. When you turned up with another man of about the same age, also right. with glasses, right. and a small dog, right. <laughs> they were sort yeah. of like, like, okay, we get okay, it. Yeah. Okay, we get it yeah, from yeah. them. Yeah, yeah no, okay, that, I think that's fair, although it didn't... So I thought it was all a bit passive-aggressive and they were a bit grumpy, but well, they, they, were were doing, grumpy, yeah. they were doing their best to say the, all the things they had to say, like, enjoy your home and yeah. stuff. So, yeah, but, but then but, I think it might be a little bit like, they're burly working-class men, but let's not categorise them unfairly. No, no. They might have thought, oh, they're a gay couple, right. we don't want to appear, yes. you know, okay, like stereotypically yeah. homophobic, so we're going to be nice to the gay couple. 
Which they yeah. were. Yeah, no, they were perfect. They were no nicer than gay couple. No, no, they, they can't really compare. No, what I thought, to lighten the mood, yeah. I don't know if you noticed this. Because I just want to say, in passing, to be fair to them, if that is what they thought, I'm not sure it's that usual for sort of two men to just think like, hey, let's have a weekend together. Oh, know. I see, yeah, so it's more like... I did say one yeah. thing, which maybe was meant to be a caveat. <laughs> Which is when they were still being a bit grumpy about being late. I said it's my fault. He had to pick me up from my house. Right. I want to pick it. So but then they must have thought, well, they don't live together, but they're still a couple. But the point there is, when you said it's my fault, he had to pick me up from my house. Yeah. I thought, okay, let's lighten the mood. Yeah. And I said, yeah, it's all his fault. Thinking, what I'm really saying is, that guy you'll recognise. Yeah. Who you know, and maybe again, this is me thinking that maybe they're football fans and yeah. they think three lines. And I thought that would lighten it, and they'd go, "Oh yeah, you know, yeah, bloody shame, deal. bloody, but you yeah. know, or shame about the Euros or yeah. something or yeah. the World they Cup." Might. Yeah. And they yeah. didn't seem to. I mean, like, there's an opportunity for them. They might say, not recognise you. What you mean? You were coming home, and it took yeah. too long <laughs> to go to his house. Get it? They didn't do that, no. Yeah. Well, I've had so, an hour and a half of pain. No. Yeah, well, if they did recognise him, which no. I'm, not, I'm not sure they did. No, uh, I don't think they did, they, unusually. They, they might have just thought, oh, I didn't know David Gill was gay. They I suppose, might have. I suppose he is. Or they might have I'm thought... I'm absolutely convinced that's what they thought. Or they might have thought, I thought Ben Elton moved to Australia. <laughs> so, But so anyway, we, the point is, we're here The wardrobe's now. in. The wardrobe's yeah. in. It's quite a weird moment where they would seem to have some quite... It was quite difficult for them to get it up the stairs, or at least up round your They kept saying room. it's difficult. Um, and I was holding Chip, uh, or our Chip was on the lead, and I thought, should I offer to help? For that but this is what we were saying earlier. Taking something upstairs, even if we paid them to do it, yeah. is not a fun job. And no. they made it really clear it was yeah. no fun. It was no fun. And I'm thinking, I get that, but that is what you do like, yeah. for a living. So. Yeah, but they've been keep waiting for an hour. But not your fault. <laughs> was there any sense in which they understood that it was not your fault? Yeah, I think they did. I think they were just pissed off. They'd been waiting a long time. Yeah. But they didn't... Do you think... They didn't make it feel like it was my fault. Do you think... Like, you might think, well, it's not raining. It's a lovely place to be. I, you know, is that, is that that difficult? Or do they just sit here thinking, fucking hell, we've yeah. got to be here, and all we can think is resentment at this rich bloke's second home. I, well, I, don't, think, I, think, to... I don't think you know it's a second home, but I take your point. Well, I did think for a minute they, saying I at, least, they do. at least we're in a nice garden, yeah. and, they, and it meant nothing to them. They want to get back to yeah. where they want to get back to. Yeah. Where are they going? Uh, they told you. Huntington, which I think uh, was not, John Major's constituency, wasn't it? I didn't want to bring that up either. I think anyway... It's all worked out. I can't okay. complain. They were very nice. They've taken the... I'll tell okay. you one thing. But I do think it's very fun. I mean, I really think that if they were thinking... I mean, I think Chip just basically would have been the full <laughs> stop on it. I think that's fair. Yeah. And, uh, again, there's no issue with that. And no They, they with handle that. themselves no extremely well. Yeah. They, if they did have any you know. issues with it, they, they, they hid it. They... <laughs> um, it's the yeah. truth. Yeah, it's beautiful. We're, we're so used to dealing with those issues. Yeah. It's nice let's, to have some work. Let's go in. in. Okay. Hello, uh, listeners. We're now uh, safely uh, hello. in Tim's house. Well, it's very nice here. Chip's gone to sleep. Chip the dog was asleep. It's a Boston Terrier, if He's, anyone's yeah. wondering. You put a picture of Chip up on Instagram. Yes, And that has gone... And Twitter. At, it's one of those ones where... Oh, it's gone viral. We then went to make a cup of tea and our lives never, che- <laughs> never, look, never changed. No, don't change. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We never looked back. Yeah. No. Chip has become... I think sensation doesn't cover it. No, yeah. I put him on Twitter and Instagram with the revelation that I've never posted in, in my experience a picture of a pet that isn't a cat. And so it's a big moment for me. Uh, is, Chip has blown up, which normally would be terrible news, but he's... He's, he's, he's yeah, fine, he's asleep. Him, he, likes he might it. snore in a minute, which you might hear in the background. Oh, yeah. Anyway, listeners... 970 likes. Is that more than, more than listeners that we have for this podcast? Uh, but yeah, <laughs> he's bigger. Chip's bigger. He's talking the time for the moon boys. 
You've mentioned the podcast on the Instagram. Yeah, having my time. And you've got 970 likes and 988 of them are saying, what podcast? So I think <laughs> yeah. that's probably quite easy. Is, is it about dogs? Before we carry on, I thought I'd play you, which I think I can on this phone that I'm recording, but I'm just going to play oh. you David Bowie being asked about punk. All right, yeah. here we go. Was to, to music in the letter of the sentence. A very important enema. A very important enema. Wow. That's interesting, because I, I, my memory was a very necessary enema. Yes. I mean, as I say, he doesn't even sort of stop for breath, does he? To no. Think, I'm he, saying something a bit strange or... or he, like, he, And the interviewer doesn't say, what, what do you mean? It makes it sound like what he's really saying is, as I'm constantly saying, <laughs> an important enema. Like, as if, <laughs> how many times do I have to say this? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Or... or it's a phrase I know is overused it does. In, in, in conversation yeah. of all sorts. But I'm sorry, I've got to use it again. Exactly. It's an important enema. As the cliche goes. Yeah. But also, now that we know he says important enema, you wonder, has he had some unimportant enemas? <laughs> <laughs> and what are those? Yeah, because for me, if I was going to have an enema, it would always have to be quite important. I think as his I'm doc- never having a casual enema. Right. As his doctor, I'd say, I think you're having too many enemas. Because <laughs> yeah. if some David. are more important than others. Yeah. I mean, let's not forget... That David probably, I don't know if he needed any enemas, but he certainly ingested a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, although most of the time that was involved not eating. Yeah. Like he was just having milk and cocaine. Right. So I imagine he didn't have any important enemas. Right I imagine, well, I imagine he had some really quick enemas. Yeah. Where they, yeah. not much, you know, yeah. there, there wasn't an awful lot to show for it. Yeah. I mean, it's quite unusual for David to say anything. He doesn't really say gross things very often, does he? Right. Yeah. You not, know, not, unlike to, kind of no. Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, who you imagine says yeah. gross things all the time. Okay, so there's a sad, there's a slightly sadder tinge to this. It occurs to me, which is, do you think what he's doing is wanting to be a bit punk himself? And so he's using slightly uh, scatological, slightly... No. Yeah, it's an enemy. And in which case he's got it slightly wrong, because it's a bit... Yeah, because yeah, it's... Well, I don't know. I, I think mean, there might be something punk about his response. Maybe. I mean, it's a question then to be asked is, is that something that John Lydon would have said? If someone asked John Lydon in 1979, right. what do you think now about sex prison? It's a very right. important enema, wasn't it? Um, that's my John Lydon impression. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um, he's also in the room. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, but, that's incredible. I think it might be a bit like he wants to be a bit scatological. But he bit, doesn't do it in a very punky way. No, he doesn't. He no, does it in a very I mean, straight, yeah. straight way. Yeah. Um, should, we, should we listen? Because I haven't heard this. Yeah. The, another... the, he talks about punk in a separate one. Yeah, it does go on for three minutes. Well, we can hear a bit of it and um, see how far he, but how far he wants to Let's see what he's got to say for himself here. He's from Detroit, is he not? Betcha like, yeah. Yes, from the trailer camp, in fact. He was, uh, They're talking about Iggy Pop. Oh. Uh, interesting to note that the punk movement is generally uh, pinned on, on England. Yes, well, I, I think, um, I really feel that Iggy had an awful lot to do with it. And the whole look of his band, the whole feeling, what they were saying, the way they were throwing abuse out and, and sort of they wouldn't tolerate anybody. They didn't want to be liked, they didn't want to be hated. I mean, the whole feeling of it was had the same kind of energy that the punk movement first had in the uh, middle middle to late 70s. Can we stop it there a minute? Yeah. Before I forget it. There's an odd moment in that where, talking about Iggy Pop and the Stooges, he said, they didn't want to be liked, fine, yeah, punk, they didn't want to be liked, and they were kind of, you know, tearing the place up, whatever. Then he says, they didn't want to be hated. Like, oh, so what, they just wanted yes. to be kind of accepted... In a yes. kind of midway, you know... You, you you do think... I mean, for me, the problem there is you've got that... I understand what he means about Iggy being important, but you've got... Whenever you hear punk talked about in an American context, it's yeah. always a bit oh, depressing, it's not, isn't it? It's not proper punk. It's... 
Yeah, no. The, the whole punk thing in America is a bit embarrassing, and particularly yeah. the sense that Americans want to do. Of like, we kind of did it first with the Ramones. Well, they weren't really punk. No. They were just sort of power pop, um, rockabilly, Well, otherwise whatever. we would... And Richard in... Hell and the Voidoids are mentioned, no. but they're just... He just had a silly we'd, name. We'd be in no doubt it was punk, would we? We wouldn't need to no. take you say punk definitely started... Definitely yeah. started with Iggy Pop. Everyone would be thinking it, that, but it didn't. Everyone, it, no, Iggy Pop is not punk either. No. I mean, no. you know, he was a loud, sort of hard rock, shouty thing yes but in the sense that punk owed something to heavy metal which it did right it probably owed something to american garage rock as well yeah but it's not the sex pistols i'm glad they didn't ask us what we think about them because i think important enemies definitely <laughs> yeah. you can see why he ended up saying i tell you what i'm just gonna yeah. do the important enema line yeah yeah it's a bit more also i think it's quite unlikely in 1979 when that question was asked that they'd have come and asked us i mean yeah. how old are you in what year? 79? Yes. Uh, 11. 11, yeah, it's unlikely. Yeah. Can I ask you something, actually, mm. which is, just has to bring up your baldness, mm. but do you think there's something a little bit unfair about punk, which is, you could not be a punk rocker mm. unless you could spike your hair. Right. Like, it's, not, like, it's impossible to be a punk rocker if you couldn't spike your hair, right? That was the, almost maybe of yeah. that and safety pins, right? Yeah. But there must have been people who went bald quite early, yeah. maybe in their early 20s mm. even, like my dad went bald when yeah. he was 26, right? Yeah. It's not these early 20s, but it's his 20s, yeah. right? Yeah, it's actually late 20s. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? It would, yeah. It's not embarrassing to be a punk yeah. in your 20s, right? Mm. But you might be bald. Mm. Think that, you might be thinking, well, this is not fair. I really want to be a punk, but the number one signifier, mm. I just can't do. And I think that would be a terrible kind of vortex to be trapped in because that would have the effect of making you more angry and more anti your system. And then you'd think, I need a musical form yeah. to, to articulate that anger. And they'd say, sorry, mate. You're bald. You're bald, so this yeah. is the form, but and then it would get worse. So, yeah, yeah I imagine... Because no, there, I mean, were, there were no bald punk rockers. No, I think... The nearest I can think of is Joe Jackson, who wasn't a punk rocker. He was New Wave. Wow, this is the other sort of punk New Wave thing, isn't it? Which is yeah. they sort of... They're def- people say punk and New Wave. Think, no, no, like, you can't yeah. talk about both in the same sentence, can you? They're completely different. No, I don't agree with that. Joe Jackson... Is don't a, agree. I don't agree with that. Right. I... Well, we've got my friend Tracy McLeod coming, who will yes. help with this, because she actually yeah. went out with a lot of the people who were yeah. sort of new wave, notably Nick Lowe, mm. she went out with. Um, and she went out with Richard Jobson of The Skids, who's right. kind of new wave as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't think... New wave wouldn't have existed without yes. punk. So the, sort of atti- the attitude yeah. of people like Elvis Costello yeah. and Joe Jackson and whatever, it's very punk-infused, yeah. but the music's very different, yeah. We should say that in this Suffolk village, there's quite a lot of sort of media type people living, yeah, and so Tracy lives around the corner, isn't she? That's what. That's why she's she's popping by, like in house party. Yeah, she is popping um, by. She's a not very old friend of mine, Tracy McLeod. Uh, she used to present the Late Show, and I've suggested that she pop round, mainly because she said I'll bring tea and cakes. Yeah, but also because uh, I thought actually Tracy knows a lot about music, and also has gone out with which no, neither of us have. Neither of us can say that we have or will ever go out with certainly a no. male pop star no. uh, of the type iconic sort that we often discuss on this podcast no we what never will never or... never have never probably will but what i would say is the key thing about a lot of new wave stuff is that there was as we know a whole group of men mainly playing pub rock into yeah. 1973 nick lowe dave yeah. edmonds elvis costello ian jury yeah. people like that and that meant they were just playing sort of American Roots-style yes. band music in pubs. Then in 1976, Sex Pistols happened, and after that they sort of mm. said, oh, we should 
have the same kind of attitude mm. of that mm. and, and pretend that we're part. They're not. They just carried on playing right. the same kind of music. Right. You know, because Dave Edmonds does, you know, Girl Talk. Girl that, Talk. That's yeah, right. that's just a song from any time. I think that might be a terrible song in the end. It's terrible. It's quite catchy. Yeah, it's quite catchy, I suppose. It's quite it's catchy, right. but it's not... Yeah. What makes it New Wave? It's kind of nothing. Yes. Although, what connects listeners, what connects David Bowie, our principal thing yeah. of conversation yeah. thing, our principal <laughs> thing that we talk about, although we don't a lot of the time, but when we do, we yeah. do, and Nick Lowe, and you got it quite quickly. Yeah, no, it's a song title. Yeah. What we know, the only thing I know Nick Lowe for is... Uh, breaking, Gla- I love the sound of breaking glass. Is, yeah. that, what it was is, that, the, is that the only song you know by him? No, you must yeah. know. And he lives in Kew near me. Right, I've never met him. Okay. Um, What's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? Was that him? Yeah, but that wasn't. His well, it's song, written though. by Elvis Costello, yeah. but yeah. he did a very famous version okay. of it. Okay. Also, he did the theme tune to the Sopranos. Did he? Yeah, well, the the, the 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 finishing theme tune. Right, right. I think the opening theme What's tune is "Got to Serve Somebody." It's two different songs. Oh, the end credits. The, the, bit. the end credits oh, is okay. "The Beast in Me," which is a brilliant song. Okay. Um, but the opening is "Got to Serve Somebody," which is a different okay. song. So that that is all I know. That song is it called "I Love the Sound of Breaking Glass"? Yes. Okay. And obviously, Bowie had a song called "Breaking Glass." Yeah, but that's Lowe. weird, isn't it? That's weird. It's the same kind of time. Well, more or less, I think. Yeah, so Lowe would have been... is 1977, yeah. 76, 77. Yeah. And I, I feel like I Love the Sound of Breaking Glass was like 1978, 79. 78, yeah. yeah, but what is... Well, it's possible that one was influenced by the other, but what... Like, Breaking Glass kind of a horrible thing, Hang on, right? there's also... Sorry, there's another Breaking Glass, isn't there? By... Hazel O'Connor. Hazel O'Connor. That was a film, wasn't That's it? was a film it? and possibly an album. Called yeah. Breaking Glass, no? Yes. Is that also... Is that separate from the other two? I don't know, but the main thing I think about Hazel O'Connor is in a very, very kind of big, bold, melodramatic torch song. Yeah. Called oh, um, Will You, is it? What's it will called? You, yeah. Is it Will You? Was it, was it called? Is it not Will You? Yeah. Shit. We should know this. I think it's But anyway, you, there's a yeah. line which goes, I spilled my tea, oh silly me. That's right. I've always yeah. thought that's very yeah, funny. Yeah. yeah. Like anyone would actually but... say, oh silly me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they spilled their tea. Especially because it's a very dramatic song. Yeah. It's a beautiful song, isn't it? I like it, yeah. It definitely doesn't have the lines I spill my tea. Yeah, I, I almost had that. Anyway, could you just get up while you're on your phone? Yeah. Would you mind getting up the lyrics to I Love the Sound of Breaking Glass by Nick Lowe? Because yeah. I only know I Love the Sound of Breaking Glass. Is it deep inside my room? It's deep into the night, isn't deep it? Inside, maybe, deep into the night. You're, yes, I'm now mixing it with the Bowie the one, which yeah. of course is... But here's the thing. Can I just say before you yeah. find the lyrics, because the lyrics might explain it. Yeah. So let's be honest. Br- breaking okay. Glass in general is something that's a bit... Uh, at the very least, like, a bit annoying and jeopardy-inducing, and at, yeah. at worst, really frightening, because someone's done it at night at your window, right? So yeah, it, there's it, no situ- in situation in normal life where breaking glass is a good okay, thing, I right? I would say, yeah. But here are two songs in which people kind of enjoy breaking glass. Yeah, it's really interesting. I would say, having looked at the lyrics here, this is where New Wave is a sort of punk relative, because if you read these lyrics... Yeah, they sound a bit, they, well, it's a basically, bit angry. Yeah, they're sort of nihilistic. I love the sound of breaking glass, especially when I'm lonely. Right. I need the noises of destruction when oh. there's nothing new. Yes, it's yeah. a punk, so it's punk lyrics. Yeah. But oh, it's not at all new. like that as a punk no. song, because it's, I love the sound of breaking glass. Yeah, yeah. And then in the second one, I love the sound of breaking glass deep into the night. I love the sound of its condition oh. flying all around. Let's say that needs work. Um, <laughs> and then it repeats itself, basically. And there's one, there's a middle eight, I think, oh, change of mind, on a ch- oh, a change of mind. So basically it's slightly... What's it about? I'd say... Just that... Boredom. It's right. like punk. 
And of course, that's what the breaking glass, the Bowie breaking glass is really... It's not about boredom. Well, it's about being in his room... No, I think breaking glass is a much more sinister song. Right. I think breaking glass is about Bowie when he's his most paranoid and drug addled. Yes. Yeah, no, good. And yeah. like thinking of terrible uh, Kabbalah-based sort of... You know, he thought... He's started reading the Kabbalah, which is this sort of old Jewish mystical stuff, yeah. and started thinking that the world... I don't know. I don't know. Well, all really mad shit. So I think it's all mad shit. When you look at the Breaking Glass lyrics of Bowie, it is yeah. almost haiku. Like, there's hardly any lyrics. Yeah, I know. Baby, I've been breaking glass in your room again. Listen, don't look at the carpet. I drew I something, something awful on it, which is yeah. the we, devil worshipping... Well, we have discussed this. Yeah, Definitely yeah. in previous we've discussed what it yeah. might be. Yeah. I think I said, was it a big cock <laughs> with spunk coming out of it? <laughs> I think. Yeah. Um, you're such a if I didn't person. say that, yeah. I, I'm saying it again because I think it's still funny. Um, was it? Well, it doesn't reveal any. I'm, I'm assuming it wasn't that. It was supposedly the thing he did a with Jimmy Page or something. Yeah, like yeah. a sort of Alistair Crowley thing. Yeah. So both are similarly nihilistic and slightly. If you were the woman being referred to, yeah, it's a woman, isn't it? Who's it addressed to? Baby. Well, that's just, I think that's a woman. I mean, yeah, probably. Let's assume that's a woman. Yeah. Right. Uh, don't look at your car. I mean, it's a bad moment for her. It's a terrible... Because, yeah. because not only has she come in and yeah. presumed the windows are all smashed yeah. and the glass is strewn everywhere, yeah. so she can't hoover yeah. because she can't look at the carpet. And you can't... It's possible to it, hoover without like looking at really, the carpet. It's like a really, dark version of the Yellow Pages ad, isn't it? Where it's the French polisher. The French polisher, Yellow Pages ad. And basically, she's come back and say, everything okay? And he's, he could do it in a slightly different way, which is, if he was more reasonable, but with the same lyrics, he could yeah. say, fine, don't look at the carpet, <laughs> because I draw something awful on it. Yeah. And, and I have been breaking glass in your room again. Yeah. Um, but trying to make it sound it's, more... It's, it's really it's, an abusive relationship. You can't cover up how bad, badly behaved he's yeah. been. Yeah. yeah. I mean, actually, if you're in an abusive relationship, I imagine it's quite yeah. unusual for the abuser to say, look, I'm sorry, look, yeah. try this. Here's what yeah. might help, right? <laughs> Don't look at the carpet. And, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm sorry, but there's like a lot of broken yeah. glass as well. Can I just take a little sidebar, yeah. since you mentioned the Yellow Pages advert, and tell you something, uh, which is I'm writing a, a sort of memoir based on my My Family show uh, that I did. Right. And people may know this or not, but uh, quite a lot of that is about the fact that my mum had an affair with a golfing memorabilia yeah. salesman. Uh, and transformed our lives over to golf and started a golfing memorabilia business herself, even though she wasn't really interested in golf, but convinced herself she was because she was so obsessed with this bloke. It's a long right. and complicated right. but funny story. Uh, anyway, what... That's Chip snoring. snoring One yeah. thing I... Dis- I didn't discover this. I knew it existed, but I've listened to them properly. Is my mum, she was so obsessed with this guy and such a hoarder anyway, she wanted to sort of hoard their conversations. So she oh. kept cassettes of their conversations, which she was Gosh. secretly recording on her answer phone. Wow. Because in the old days, answer phones used to basically be just cassette machines. Right. They weren't digital. They just right. had cassettes in them. And the, the record would come on automatically and normally... Like Linda Tripp. I guess, yeah. Yeah. I don't really know how my mum did it, to be honest, technically, because I don't remember exactly what they were like. But basically, right. she would just keep the record button pressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Longer... Like, if she picked up the phone, that's the right. point, is that normally it's just someone leaving a message, cool. right? Yeah. But she would keep it pressed wow. when she's actually speaking to it. Yeah. So I have about 20 cassettes, mainly of conversations with her and him. That's amazing. Right? It's, it's incredible. And then also quite a lot of my dad picking up the phone to him sometimes. There's one of Ivor, my brother. I haven't found me so far. Right. But I'm sure I am there because I haven't listened to them all. Yeah. Anyway, the reason I bring it up is I try and explain to people sometimes how mad this was 
because my mother was obsessed with this bloke, but she did really set up a golfing memorabilia business. And I know this particularly because suddenly one of the people calling her was Peter Alice. Amazing. Do you know who that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Peter Alice, this will, by the way, connect with what That's you're saying incredible. in a minute. Peter Alice, who, if anyone doesn't know, was the BBC's most famous golf yeah. commentator, calls my mum. My mum immediately puts on a kind of posh voice when, when, he, when she writes, you know, Peter, lovely to hear from you. And he says, he says, Sarah, that's my mum. Sarah, um, do you have a copy of my first autobiography? The one I wrote in 1981. It's obviously written more than one. Right. Uh, because I've got some people staying at the moment and I can't put my hands on a copy. I really want to give them one. Do you have a copy? Right. And my mum says, oh, maybe I've got one in the shop and blah, blah, blah. And the reason I mentioned it to you after you mentioned the Yellow Pages advert is I have written in my book... Who the fuck is he, J.R. Hartley? (laughs) Because what is Peter Alice doing looking for a copy of his autobiography? Surely he can get hold of one without looking, going to a shop, which is what my mother basically ran, a golfing memorabilia shop for it. That's amazing. And also, how desperately does he want to give it to, like, like, think of something else. Yeah. I don't have an autobiography lying around, so I'll I'll just get them some wine or something. (laughs) Also, is it possible, I hadn't thought this until you mentioned that, is it possible that his guests... In no way wanted an autobiography. No, it's, it's, but Peter Ellis thinks, I know what they want. They want to copy my autobiography. And of the 1981 one. Yeah. And, and what a, yeah. 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 That is incredible. Yeah. I, f- I found a copy of it. Right. I found any, a copy any, of it. Any highlights? No, not, no, I haven't read it. I just mm. found a copy of it amongst mm. my mum's stuff. Mm. Um, so she must have had a copy and given mm. Peter Ellis another copy. Mm. But it's so brilliant. It's one of the. Do you think? F- I, I laughed and laughed when he said, hello, it's Peter Alice. That here. is amazing. I thought, how have you got, how have you managed, mother, to get from the point of just basically shagging this bloke? And because she was a mad obsessive, my mother, right. not being able to just shag him, but to turn yeah, to be, her yeah. and our lives over yeah. to his hobby as a kind of in homage to him, no, to such it, an extent that the BBC's commentator yeah, I mean, way, is phoning you for his exactly. autobiography. He is. It's like if you somehow decided to do a punk memorabilia thing and yeah. one day John Lydon phoned up. It's yeah. that. It's like, oh my God, you've arrived. It's a bit like you've that. Managed except it. what you need to be thinking is that you would be sleeping with, I don't know, Jonathan Ross, somebody right. who's obsessed with punk. Right. Okay. And, and, and you're not that yeah. interested in punk, but you yes, want so much to yeah. impress Jonathan Ross and that, you, that Lydon, you're yeah. saying, I'm now obsessed with punk and I've started a shop, Jonathan, selling punk memorabilia. If you were in prison for like a long time, so let's say, for sake of argument, you're a paedophile, just, just right, for okay. sake of this argument, yeah. and you're in prison for 20 years, and life, given what you did... Well, as you know, life, Gary Glitch has just come out of prison and right. very much hasn't served 20 years. No, but let's just say you, it was unspeakable, yeah. and so you're definitely getting life, right? We don't need to go over what you did. Okay. And you're in you prison. best. <laughs> you're in prison. I don't really know how this works, but basically you get to that thing and they say you can have a book. With you. Right. Is this a slight Desert Island disc, but Prison Island Well, discs. it's slightly... That would be good, wouldn't it? No. I mean, it's, it's the same as Desert Island It's the disc, same, yeah. except not as nice to no, think about. exactly. And the luxury like, has to be like very <laughs> narrowly defined. Yeah, we <laughs> like, need some porridge. Um, basically. <laughs> yeah. And they said, well, you, you, you're here for... Actually, I don't think they've served porridge in prison system. No, but anyway, that, that's exactly what you wouldn't need to bring. <laughs> yeah. it's like, no, what I meant was, you can't say, I'll have a record player. Like, Are no. you allowed to bring a luxury into prison? That's what I mean. It would have to be... Uh, what could you bring in? Um, I don't know. I don't, know. I don't know what you're allowed to bring into prison. No, I mean, books. Virtually. You are allowed to bring Maybe books. Maybe a book. Yeah. So it would be Desert Island. It would be Prison Island book. Prison, <laughs> prison, yeah. prison Island Okay, so book. someone's in prison for a long anyway, time. you're in prison for a long time. Well, it's important that it's you because I need, I need you to get into the right. headspace. And they say, I tell you, you say, oh my God, I've got 30 years here, I can't bear it. Solitary. 
Yeah. And the prison guard says, oh, after he's probably sung three lines at you, he goes, well, look on the bright side, you've got a book in there. And you're like, okay. And the book is Peter Alice's <laughs> 1981 autobiography. Yeah. Do you think over time you would learn to absolutely love the book? Like, could, would you love it because it was just the only all book. you had? And it was yeah. like you really loved it. Isn't there, but there's a film like this. Probably, is it? Yeah. Well, I saw a terrible film at Jonathan Ross's house. Right. Called Barbarian, a horror film about um, a sort of monster woman who's been born in a basement and she's only watched one video okay. her whole life. And so What's the video? it's a sort of nursing video. And so she basically is <laughs> kidnapping people and turning them into her babies. Uh, it's sort of, <laughs> it's, a, it's a hideous film. But I've oh. seen sort of that film idea before okay. that people's whole lives are just based on sort of one okay. thing that they've seen. Okay. Um, but uh, no, I don't know if I would love the Peter Alice book. Because uh, I can tell you, this is not quite prison, but we years ago we rented a house in the south of France for holiday. Right. And the kids were really, really little. Should and we do know, something about Chip is Chip snoring? snoring? I, I think it might get distracted. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's quite sweet. Yeah, no, but if it's like, oh, Chip, I'm sorry. I'm going to put him out in the kitchen. Okay. Can I just say that I've seen more of Tim's arse crack this weekend than I've seen sort of ever. He's, he seems not... I've mentioned it a few times, and he's just not pulled his trousers up, and I don't really know why that is. Right. I don't know I'm, if, I'm if... I hope the one thing you haven't talked about is my arse crack. Uh, right, I, I mean, if you've followed you... this whole podcast, I don't know, we might have split it into two, but earlier on... We were discussing how the two delivery men assumed we were oh, probably yeah. gay men, and I don't know if maybe Tim's decided that, we are, and and they're trying to entice. Right? Me. No, I don't. Hang on, the dog's back. The dog's back. But I put him in the kitchen. He might. Um, he'll be all right for a minute because he won't fall straight back to sleep again, okay. will he? Or maybe he will. Yeah, he will. He can go straight back to sleep. Okay. I'm gonna close the door. Well, you start whining in a terrible <laughs> no, way. No, no, he won't do that. He yeah. won't do that. So, we were in the south of France, in a um villa type thing and the kids were really little and it was, we were very busy and then so at night it was like oh you could relax but there was nothing to do like we were in the middle of nowhere mm. and there were like a couple of books there and one of them was Geoffrey Archer's prison weird oh, right. prison theme but it's not it's what not, what's the book it was his prison diary oh, okay. about his diary of being in prison okay and I thought it was the most fast I like, really got into it because right. there wasn't really anything else to do right and I absolutely loved it. Right. And then I looked at it a few years later and I thought it was terrible. But during that, that so, time when I was... Right. So I think you might love Peter Alice's book if right. you were in prison. Okay. It's well, that, it's an odd scenario. Shall we stop for the minute? Because if Tracy comes... Oh, yeah. We, 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 we got... Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.